one. How we doing? Welcome back to the recap. It's real. We're here. We're back. Sorry for the wait. Uh, it's that old adage, you know, some things are bigger than sports and not many things are bigger than sports to me and Bryce here, but there's some things over the past month that came up that, you know, kept us apart and, you know, we dealt with it. Things are in a, a better place now and uh, we're going to get in here and talk some hockey. How you feeling, Bryce? That is for, that's for sure. I missed this so much. I, for the last month, I've been like, oh, when am I going to be able to get back on? And I'm just excited to be back here talking hockey. Yeah, for sure. It's been a struggle. We tried to get this done like last week and the week before, but it just wasn't working out. Um, but we're here now and that's all that matters. And we got a lot to talk about, buddy. We got the trade extravaganza, uh, you know, post-trade deadline. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. There's a lot of trades yesterday. And quite frankly, uh, a lot of them we really don't care about, but there was a lot of <laughs> big, big deals that happened. So we're going to cover all that, uh, you know, a little bit of cleanup from the past month, some stuff we missed. And then we're going to go over uh, kind of where we're at right now in the league and what we can expect moving forward and how we see things shaping up from here till the end of the season. Playoffs are coming, buddy. We only got 20 games left, less than 20 games now, actually, on most teams, unless you're the Stars or the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, so let's hop right into it then. Let's let's uh, get to the trades. So really, the first big, big trade that happened uh, kind of actually happened a couple days before the trade deadline, um, and this is the first one I want to talk about, and that was the New York Islanders. So... We see Tra Travis Ajak gets his thousandth game with the Devils. And then, you know, a couple games later, Kyle Palmieri sitting out. And then all of a sudden, kind of uh, out of the blue, they're both going to the Islanders. They're going from lose old team to lose new team. Um, he brings in two guys. Kyle Palmieri is quietly like a very good player, very good goal scorer. Uh, I saw some like crazy stat the other day that he's like, top five uh, like right wingers uh, scoring wise, like goal scoring wise in the last, however many years, five, six, seven, eight years up there with like Patty Kane and those type of guys, those type of names. Which, which is completely under the radar. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think that's just kind of what you get playing with the devils, I guess um, where they haven't been too good lately. So that kind of flies on the radar. So they're getting goal scoring like not even depth, like a very good goal scorer, uh, which obviously we know watching the Islanders, that's something they need. And Travis Zajac, who is a solid all around player, been around for a long time. Uh, another guy they can obviously use um, on and off the ice. And that team is looking pretty good. And it's weird and it's annoying because they're so boring and I don't want them to win. And I don't want them to go deep in the playoffs, but they're here, man. They they did it a couple of years ago, and I thought they were going to be one of those lightning in a bottle teams, but they're not. They're just here. They're just going to be one of the best teams in the league for the next however many years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it's crazy because you sit there and you watch it, and you're like, "Oh my god, when is this going to end?" But you look, 
Like right now I'm looking at the goals for and goals allowed. And the second lowest goals allowed is uh, 102 by the Hurricanes. The Islanders have 98. They're the only team in double digits. And then you look at the goals for, and out of all teams that are in like the top three in each of those divisions, they're, they have 125 and most teams are right around 140. So like clearly they're getting less goals, but they're getting a lot less scored on. Yeah. And that's what we're saying. Like clearly, like we saw a lot of teams make moves on, uh, I, I said yesterday earlier in the pod, but it was Monday, which is Wednesday we're recording now, but we saw a lot of teams make moves that yes, they made, you know, their team better and whatever, but, you know, didn't necessarily fill like the glaring need in their team, I guess, or like really, um, you know, cover what they needed. Like they added small pieces and things like this. Like this is what I'm saying. Like their biggest thing is they needed more goal scoring. They don't need to worry about defense. They don't need to, I mean, they kind of need to worry about goaltending, I think, but if Varlamov can get hot again, then you're good. Um, he has proven time and time again to be incompetent in the playoffs. Trust me. I know. Uh, <laughs> I watched him do it for like five years in Washington. Um, but we'll see. He's been playing, you know, well for the Islanders, but Kyle Palmieri is going to, you know, is a perfect fit for what they needed. They went out, they got what they needed. They, you know, give up a first rounder. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. You got to make those moves if you're going all in, which it seems like they're going to, and they should be because they have a great team. So I expect them to fully go like on a deep run. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, you basically took all the words that you could possibly say about this team. Cause like they're just, they're boring as all hell to watch. But at the same time, it's like, if you're defensively minded, this is a fun game for them right now. And like, it, I mean, if you go and look at their defense, not many of those pieces have moved. Like those are all fairly older pieces that have just really stuck there and stuck together and done unbelievable things in the last couple of years since, since Trotz took over. Yeah. Like a lot of them are really just guys that, you know, whatever they were there, but you never really thought too much about them, like a Pollock or someone like that. And then Barry Trotz comes in a couple of years ago and now all of a sudden, like, a guy like Pollock is literally like one of the best defenders in the league and ask anyone. So, and that's, you know, three or four guys on their back end. So it's just crazy. Um, and, you know, they add Paul Mary and then it's like, okay, they don't get it done again this year in the off season. Like they sign someone big, like, I don't know. Taylor Hall had his biggest season in New Jersey. I think when Lou was still there, and it's like, okay, do you, you sign him for cheap because he was bad this year? And then, you know, you sign another forward or whatever. And it's like, all right, so now not only are you the most defensively sound team in the league, but also you have all this firepower and Matt Barzell. It's like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, that was a lot of Islanders talk, but we're going to be talking about them a lot because they're going to be deep in the playoffs. But, but- – if you want to throw, if you want to throw in a local name, um, I have actually been pretty impressed with Oliver Wallstrom in that awesome, roster. Man. Like sixteen points in thirty-three games. Like, yeah, 
he's putting together almost a point every other game. And this kid's like a true rookie. He's a true rookie this year. Like that's not, that's not bad stats for a kid that's young and wasn't really expected to do much in the roster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no one's ever going to really, I mean, <laughs> basically unless you're Matt Barzell, like pretty much everyone in that roster, like you look at that, like, okay, he's a 16 point guy, but like all these guys, they go to another team and he's probably at, you know, 20, 22, whatever points. So it's like, you have to kind of just say like, this guy's probably a little bit more offensively or can do a little bit more offensively on a different team. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, just value in the players they have and they make them all defensively responsible and it wins championships. He did it. I, I watched it. I watched a team that was notoriously offensive, ignored defense, went into this defensive system, but had huge firepower so much that it didn't matter, which is something that the Islanders haven't had, but now are working towards getting. And it became a, a Stanley cup in the Capitals. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, then you look at their, their top 20 players who have all played more than 10 games and there's only three guys that have a minus next to their name. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, so the next team that uh, we should see deep into the playoffs that started off by just getting Riley Nash uh, for a seventh rounder for Columbus and then just went on an absolute tear getting a bunch of players, Felino, uh, Nosen, uh, David Riddich, Toronto. They just go out, grab a bunch of guys, um, which I thought they had zero cap space, but the NHL is becoming more and more closer to the NFL where the cap is just like not real. I mean, it, I know it is, but it seems like whenever people, and we'll get to this later with the capitals too, like you think they're out and just going to be sitting by because they have no room and they just make room. However, they can. I think like the taxi squad has been interesting, especially with this trade deadline. We saw a lot of players, who you kind of like raise an eyebrow why they were getting sent to the taxi squad and then just clearing waivers when you're like, someone's definitely going to pick this guy up uh, a Richard panic, a Shane got uh, got a spare, but it's like, no one has the room to pick these guys up, but you can easily send these guys to the taxi squad and relieve yourself of some cap. And, you know, if you don't get something done at the trade deadline, then no harm, no foul. You could have just called those guys back up. So that was interesting, but yeah, Toronto dots. <laughs> I saw, I saw um, a post. I can't remember who or where it was from, but did you see that they have now adding Felino? They have four guys that have been captains in the NHL on their roster. Yeah, that's Spezza, Tavares, uh, Thornton, and Felino. I mean, it's interesting because you got so much leadership in the roster that they have to win a damn Stanley cup. Yeah. But I feel like it's just going to be like, they're not. And then it's going to be like, just how everyone was like, they're too young. Like they have too many young scorers. They need to focus on getting some leadership in there. And then it's like, now if they don't win, they're going to be like, they wasted too many roster spots on washed up old guys. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I you're right. Like, they have to win or it's just the narrative is going to change. And that's just, unfortunately the burden of being the Toronto Maple Leafs is all eyes are on you, but that's going to, you watch dude, watch if yeah. they don't win the Stanley cup this summer, 
hundred percent, you will see people talking, saying they wasted too many spots trying to get these guys who are past their prime, blah, 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 whatever. When it's like, but at the same time, each of those older guys are making 700,000 a year, not even dipping into the millions. Like, who in the hell would have ever thought that Riley Nash was getting three times the amount Joe Thornton was getting? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I mean, yes, the age is different there, but I, I guess you can't really say too much about the roster spots when they're not making any money. These mm. guys have already made $100 million in their career. They're just out there to get a, a cup. And like – if you look at Spezza and you look at you look at Tavares and you look at Thornton, you want those guys to finish their career with the Stanley Cup. Like, regardless of your bias on whoever, it's like those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Hundred percent. But my question is: so they're doing this model where it looks like you're, you know, it's like the New England Patriots model where you build a team that's so successful and a great band and every, all these older guys want to go in for cheap money and just add to your, you know, your depth or whatever um, and just get their ring. And it's like all these guys, I mean, I know these are trades and whatever, but like Spezza, Thornton, all these guys just sign with Toronto and it's like, they've done nothing to prove to you that they can actually get that done. And so it's just weird to me. And I don't know, dude, I just, I don't know if it works and it is proven not to, to have a roster that's so top heavy and not have any depth. Like, not that they, they do have depth, but you know what I mean? Just be like, so they're just so top heavy. I feel like, and the types of guys you're putting on your lower lines. Yes. They're good guys like Thornton and Spezza and they're having good years and things like that. But I don't know. We'll see. I guess like, I I can't really get a good read on Toronto because that division is awful, bro. They're terrible. Every yeah, they team in that ki- division, they literally want to kill each other. They don't care about anything. The best, else. the the second best team in that division is a team made up of two of the best players in the world, and that's it. Other than that, they're not. I, we we've talked about this ad nauseum. They're not that. The Edmonton Oilers are not like a top to bottom great roster. They just have two of the top, what, three or four best players in the world right now. So it's just hard for me. I can say the Islanders scare me because they're playing Washington and Boston and uh, Pittsburgh and the Rangers who have been good lately and the Flyers who are off and on and all these teams. I'm confident in saying that they're going to be good no matter who they play. Like I have really no backing in, in thinking that Toronto just because they have all these names is going to be able to get into the playoffs and win more than the two series against the other Canadian teams. You know what I mean? No. And it it is more than names. And going back to the team that we just talked about, the Islanders, what do they got for names? Barzell. And there's not much else there. Yeah. Eberly. But they're doing it without not big really a name anymore, though. No, no. They're doing it without big names. Like, yeah. it is more than the name. Like, it, it has a lot to do with the coaching style as well and how well they're meshing and 
how well the signings were based off of the coach's coaching style. Like at first everyone, I mean, not trying to jump ship right now, but talking the Bruins, everyone was playing right under Cassidy's playing style for the first 20 games of the year. Yeah. That's probably, that's kind of gone away lately, but it's like it, it, a lot of it has to do with that. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't believe in them yet. You know, maybe they'll get to the playoffs and surprise me, but I don't, I think, I don't know. The Leafs, the Leafs are going to be the Leafs to me until they're not the Leafs anymore. It's the same thing that happened with the Sharks losing the first round every year with the Capitals losing the second round every year. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like you are what you are until you're not, I guess is all I can say really. And they have a lot of good players. They have a lot of good veteran players. They have had good goaltending. Jack Campbell's playing out of his mind right now. But again, <laughs> you play, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not playing everyone. You're not playing good teams. And I just don't, I don't see it translating, but Anyways, um, you mentioned the Bruins. According to our friend Connor Pease, deadline losers. Taylor Hall stinks. Guy on my men's league team last night said he's a bust. A bust. This guy looked me in the eyes. Look at me, Bryce. He looked me in the eyes. He's a Montreal Canadiens fan, obviously. Looked me in the eyes. And said to me that Taylor Hall is a NHL bust. <laughs> you want you want to know my true? So like, I, I can give you my dead honest opinion on this entire situation. Uh, yeah, I go think ahead. I think so. I've been more critical of the guy than than most people, and I've said on countless times that I do not want him on the Bruins and, but with that being said, like you, and you do go and you look at, this is his fourth team in two years. He played on the devils, the coyotes and the Sabres before. There is not a damn chance that he had any chance to succeed in any of those rosters there wasn't enough talent around him. I, I mean, yeah, he was playing with Jack Eichel and something could have happened there. A lot of that had to do with external things in that situation. But if you go and look at all these situations, he was never destined to succeed, but he's never played on a good roster. Like it, the devils were decent the year that he won the, the, what well, the heart, right? Oh, Oh, you're saying he won the MVP, bro? I thought yeah, the guy, MVP. This the guy MVP. told this guy told me he was a bust. So, so yeah, Wait, you're saying he won the MVP? <laughs> wow, yeah. dude. So I gotta talk to that guy. Like but, <laughs> that, that. You know what? You guy. know what I'm saying? Oh uh, yes, dude. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I mean, like, he did that on a team that wasn't very good. That did they? I don't, did they even? Uh, they barely I'm, made I'm playoffs totally, that year. Yeah. So then another point that I have to make is why the hell do the Bruins go out and get Taylor Hall when they have, they're going like, it was pretty 
cut and clear that they're not going to put him on Bergeron's line. So you need a guy that's a center, that's a goal scoring center that is going to like emphasize the way that Taylor Hall plays. So why do you put him like, why do you get him when you have David Krejci, who is a pass first guy? He's a pass first guy. It's very obvious. And so you have two of the, the guys that are going to get points, but they're, they're pass first guys. So like, I mean, multiple times I've thought about it and I'm like, do you want coil or do you want Smith on that, on that spot? Like if, if Jake DeBrus could figure it out, that'd be a different story, but that's not going to happen. So like, I think the way that it worked last night, Taylor Hall didn't get an assist on the play, but he set the entire thing up when he goes in, when Hall sends the puck over, it gets hit, whatever. So he loses the, the assist right away, but Smith gets a, a goal. That's what you're going to look for. And like, I was very critical at first, but after seeing it last night, I was like, okay, maybe this can work. So he's playing with Krejci and Smith. Yeah. He's playing with Krejci and Craig Smith. Why is Charlie Coyle not your second line center? He's better than David Krejci. What are you going to do? Move Krejci to the wing? Trade him. <laughs> I've been saying that for how long? I know we've had that conversation before. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. But whatever. I, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. You got to – Halsey's got to get minutes. He's got to play. I mean, he can oh, shoot, you know, though. You know so, it's they, like he, he – they, they need to. Just, they, should, they should have signed Yarmir Yager. They should have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is do I think it's gonna like push them over the top and like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, so scared of the Bruins? Like, not really. But it was kind of a. I mean, they got him for a bag of balls, <laughs> like yeah, literally a bag of pucks. Like you're, you're gonna like this. I mean, I personally think that he is the deciding factor between an 8-1 loss. And an 8-2 loss? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, then they also pick up Mike Riley. That's a solid pickup. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, if you're a Boston fan, like, good job. Like, they did – he didn't – Don Sweeney didn't do anything like to hurt them. Uh, he made a trade. Well, I think Mike Riley is a good trade just to like have some depth there. And then he made hey. a trade in Taylor Hall. That's like, this could be really good or it could be more of the same for him, which is why he has like two goals and like eight assists or something bad. Um, honestly, if you ask me, I mean, I guess it's good because they didn't really give much up, but if they were really like confident and going all in, they should have tried to get Kyle Palmieri. They should have pushed harder for Kyle Palmieri. And I know that there's more of that relationship with the devils, obviously with Lou, I'm guessing. So maybe he had the edge there where Sweeney would have had to add a little bit more in that he wasn't really willing to do. Um, but yeah, I think, Kyle Palmieri probably like that trade on the Bruins. I would be more excited about than Taylor Hall. Yeah. To me. I want to know. I want to know what big Don said. 
You know what? I haven't even asked him yet. I'll have to ask him. I'll report back next podcast on Big Don's uh, take. Big Don is uh, my father, for anyone wondering. Uh, he's got a lot of wild Bruins takes, so <laughs> we'll see what he says there. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be, but we'll see. He probably did the same thing as Connor last night and watched him play for two minutes and said he, he was terrible and a bust and a yeah. waste and whatever else he says. Don Sweeney um, Smith. Yeah, Don Sweeney Smith. But yeah, wants him out. Yeah, wants him fired, whatever. Uh, but, you know, really the biggest issue for the Bruins moving forward is not they – it used to be that their biggest problem was that second line right winger, but buddy, after that thrashing that men's league game I watched the other day, oh man, they and I know again, they got to get healthy because their defense was gone. Vladder, like Vladder, Vlader, whatever his name is, Vladar, just dude, buddy, throw him out back. And the, throw them out back of the TV garden, right in the trash can. See you later. Send them back to Prov. <laughs> um, no, I know. he's. I think he is actually a, a pretty decent pr- prospect. But, I mean, he's not going to do it for you in the playoffs. So, uh, you need to grass back healthy. and You need Jeremy Swayman. Yeah, Jeremy Swayman. The, There's your answer. The only, the only humane product that I will ever root for. I mean, yeah, I mean, it surprises me. Well, either you either have to be hopeful that because they didn't trade for a a solid goalie that they're expecting Rass to come back and Halak to come back, or you should be nervous that they did not, you know, fill something that's going to end up being their biggest need. Um, A team that did do that was the Colorado Avalanche, who got Devin Dubnik, who Philip Grubauer has been, um, whatever, bumped, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Beat up a little bit. That's not the word I'm looking for, but we're going to use it. Uh, Has been beat up a little bit. And so they get Dubnik, who at one point was like one of the best goalies in the league for like a year or two um, on the wild, has kind of cooled off. Uh, playing with San Jose, but I think everyone who's playing on San Jose has cooled off. <laughs> um, but I think that's a solid pickup for them in case Grubauer, you know, it really just to give him a break because um, I don't think he's going to be out long-term or anything like that. So to kind of split duties um, and have an actual backup, whereas last year they got into the situation where Grubauer went out and they didn't really have a legit backup who had number one experience that could kind of step in and it really honestly I thought they were on their way to winning the Stanley Cup and that derailed them so good move by them no I I agree I agree that's uh that's my pick for the cup right there yeah I gotta gotta be happy I'm I'm in in the picks right now I'm four for four as of or actually I don't know the Coyotes might be out of the playoffs now, but the other day when I looked, they were in. Uh, let's see here, quick, quick check. Uh, nope, they're out again. Never mind. They stink. <laughs> so bad. Um, and they were gonna like they were selling their best player or shopping their best player, Connor Garland. Like, 
I don't know, stupid, man. Stupid, stupid, situate bass product right there. Stupid, dude. I don't know what they're doing. They got to figure it out. Uh, obviously, they had like a weird transition thing with the whole GM stuff that they had happened. But, oh, yeah, real quick about San Jose, too. Did you see that clip of the guy asking Carl uh, Eric Carlson the other night because he got two goals and scored the uh, shootout winner? And so for anyone who didn't see this, this guy in the media scrum, uh, like over Zoom, goes to Eric Carlson, who got like 90 points as a defenseman, like four seasons in a row, and goes, "Uh, hey, Eric, yeah, you scored two goals, essentially got a hat trick, he says that. He says, essentially got a hat trick for scoring a shootout goal like come on bro the shootout goal is not a hat trick anyways yeah he goes is that your best uh offensive performance of your life (laughs) and carlson just like literally is just looks at him is like uh not even close next question (laughs) like come on bro you're asking literally for what four five six years in a row the best offensive defenseman that we have ever seen in our li- lifetime. If, oh, yeah. if, if two goals in one shootout goal on the bottom of the barrel, San Jose Sharks was his best performance. Yeah. Uh, tough. I've, I've seen Eric Carlson make an absolutely filthy play. Do you remember the playoffs in 2017 when he flipped the puck up and sent Hoffman out for a breakaway? Yeah, when he broke my heart and didn't lead them past the Penguins, and I had to throw up on myself and watch them win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that. Uh, Tampa Bay made a couple solid moves like Toronto. They get David Savard. That's a good pickup. I love David Savard. Another low-key guy. Low-key, good, good, good defenseman. Um, they just do this every year. Another team that just has never has cap space, but they just somehow like this year, you see, they like traded, uh, Columbus traded to Detroit. So Detroit could absorb. This is something else that happened. I don't know if anyone else really knew. So what happened a lot this year, because people don't have money is teams are absorbing, um, parts of their contracts, which, you know, happens all the time, but this year because even more teams are strapped for cash. What happened in this one is Columbus couldn't take on. I don't even know what the percentage was, whatever they kept 50% of David Savard's salary or whatever it was going to be so that Tampa could take him on. So they traded him to Detroit for a pick and then Detroit absorbed David Savard's contract, a piece of his contract. And then they in turn traded him to Tampa Bay. So GM's just galaxy braining it. Like it looks like me in NHL 21 playing franchise, and I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. So let's go with almost all of it. This guy's retained salary, trying to get yeah Ovechkin. Yeah, and then you get you get Ovechkin for like the next six years at one million, while Columbus is paying him eight million, like on the books after. Yeah. After you've already traded him three <laughs> times and kept retaining salary. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, yeah, just – so it just goes to show that, I mean, these are crazy things, loopholes that will probably be addressed in the next CBA. But, like, this is why the, these guys get paid the big bucks. 
That's a that's a Stevie Y move. Just literally taking a little bit of salary, getting a nice fourth fourth round pick out of it for nothing. Um, and off he goes into the night. Uh, another pretty big trade here. Uh, not not that big, but could be a solid pickup because it's the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they always just oh we'll take your you know washed up guy or you know, underperforming guy, and we'll stick him on a line with Crosby, and he'll score 80 goals. Yeah, Chris Kunitz. Yep. So, Jeff Carter goes to Pittsburgh for a third and a fourth. Um, conditional, so probably not really anything at all. Um, they get Jeff Carter, who is a guy who obviously has a high ceiling. Um, he's also obviously past his prime, but you know, nice little move there. Um, nice little little depth move uh, so you can kind of move a skill guy down in the lineup to spread it out and then put him on a line with Malkin or Crosby and yep he's gonna score 10 goals in the playoffs or some some dumb make me sad which I, I want to <laughs> ask you real quick isn't it funny how it always ends up working out where a guy that was once on the Flyers ends up being on Pittsburgh or like vice versa. Like these, I mean, you don't really see that much with Boston and in like in Montreal, but you see that with, you see that with the two teams in Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. And they're all oh, dude. And yeah, cap half the Capitals roster is just Penguins players. Well, uh, yeah, that happens with you guys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh um, but yeah, that is pretty funny how that ends up working out. Um, but yeah, saw a little pickup for them. Um, one that like really wasn't that big of a deal uh, now, but I think can be a big deal in the future is this next one. Chicago gets Adam Gaudet for some guy I've never heard of. I don't know if you've heard of him, Matthew Highmore. You probably do. You probably know where he lives and what his I don't know his prom date's name is, but how uh, big his shoes are. And- yeah. <laughs> But Adam Gaudet, one of the best players in college hockey a couple of years ago, gets traded to Chicago. Um, oh, we saw him put him in a performance in the uh, Hockey East Championship. Hockey Championship, yeah. 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 Won that with Northeastern. Um, so, yeah, leaves Vancouver, goes to Chicago, where he'll get more opportunity to play, and he could easily reach his potential and be a great player. So, Solid move by them. Um, they're just, you know, collecting that young talent, building it back up. They're, they've been fighting for a playoff spot. Like, I mean, what are they back right now? Um, four, four points on Nashville with a game in hand. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they squeak into the playoffs. And that was a team we were talking about as probably one of the worst teams in the league. And their plus minus isn't great, but – their offense is good. They're fun to watch. They still don't have Taze. Like, so, you know, we were talking about Taze and Kane wanting to leave last year, but I don't know, dude. They make a couple moves in the offseason or, or in the next two offseasons, and Taze and Kane might be looking at, you know, another deep run in a couple of years. No, I couldn't agree more. And just think, you get Kirby Doc back, and it's like, that makes you very strong up the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's going to be. Oh yeah, I forgot Kirby Doc's not playing either. 
Yeah, that's going to be so much fun that's to watch. Two of, two of your Alex, best players. Alex Nylander. I mean, yes, he's injured right now, but Alex Nylander is another guy, young guy in that roster, like that needed somewhere to shine. And it, um, What's his gonna name be, there? It's going to be fun. so good. Um, well, I'm oh, there's, blanking on there's his name. There's Pew Suter. Pew Suter. No, no, no. The one who's like, Debrinket, like so good. I love the guy. Him. The guy that I said that the Bruins should have picked with the 29th overall selection in the 2016 draft, and they yeah. get Trent Frederick. Yeah. Um, all right. Couple quick ones here, just to touch on. Edmonton gets Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, that's a solid pickup. Um, kind of one they needed with the injury to um, Clefbaum. So solid pickup there by them. Vegas gets. Uh, <laughs> Our uh, brief co-worker, Matthias Janmark, not really co-worker, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he goes to Vegas. Uh, he's a good player, solid, you know, middle six guy. I like his game. Um, he's good. Can move him around the lineup. Um, can play a little center. Can kind of really do whatever you want. Um, Sam Bennett. Decently big trade here. Another one of those guys who had a high potential that kind of hasn't really been hitting it. Uh, I still love him, though. Yep. And he goes to Florida, who is really good. So he's going to play in the playoffs again. And, I mean, another one that was that's going to be kind of low risk, high reward. Um, if he can find a good spot, a good fit there in Florida. Um you got any further thoughts on that? You seem excited about him. You love Sam yeah, Bennett. Yeah, I mean, I love Sam Bennett. I've I've loved him since he was drafted. Like <clears throat> this this kid was fun when he was in in junior. Yeah. And so, I mean, he was a goal scorer in junior. Brings a different level of what I was expecting to the NHL, where this kid is not afraid to fight, mm-hmm. and has one hell of a mustache when he can grow that thing out. Yeah. But like. I don't know. I think that's an awesome spot for him. I think that it's going to give him um, an opportunity to grow and kind of refine his game. Um, and Florida's a roster that, like, you didn't really think of them. Like, no one really thinks of them as a team that can do it. And I think that they're, they're in the right direction. They, I mean, they've been in the right direction with quotations for a while, but that's going to be – it's going to be an interesting spot for him to land, but I hope that he can find some points. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like right now is a great play, great time to get traded to Florida because, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> one, they're really good right now. I and thought you two, were going to say spring break is number one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You get to hit up Miami, getting some street fights. He's going to be able to practice his fighting down there. Um, so, sorry, <laughs> Take me off my uh, my thought process here. Uh, so, one, you're going down there, like we said, as a guy who is kind of not reaching your potential, but you're going down there. They're really good right now. You're going to play with good players. You know, you're going to play with Sasha. You're going to play with Huberto, whoever they put them with. And there's going to be zero pressure. Taylor Hall is having a bad season right now. Goes from Buffalo to Boston. If he doesn't do good, Boston's not going to be nice to him. You go from Calgary to 
the Panthers, this guy was probably let out a sigh of relief that he doesn't have to wake up every morning <clears throat> and listen to Rick, Rick and Red Deer, <laughs> uh, you know, cussing him out all over Twitter. He's going to go to Florida and be able to just try and find his game. And if he doesn't, no one's going to care. And then you can just go to Miami in suntan and whatever. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Collect his paycheck. So I think that's a great place, and that's a great move by Florida's uh, group. Oh, also, you're playing for Q. Uh, duh. One of the best coaches yeah. of all time. So Florida, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida starts to be a destination, much like Tampa Bay. Because hey, I, I want to build off Q real quick. <laughs> Yeah. So I this happened in the time that we were not recording. Did you see for Patrick Kane's thousandth game that he went out there and stood on the bench by himself to experience that the ceremony and everything? No, I didn't. That's actually the one guy from the Florida organization went and stood on that bench and watched the entire thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's classy. Classy. All right, last uh, big trade here. Uh, best trade of the day. Greatest trade ever. Uh, day two, you know, day after the uh, trade deadline reaction, Taylor Hall stinks. Anthony Mantha, MVP. MVP of the league. He's, he's averaging two points a game with the Capitals and a goal a game. Guy is incredible. Guy is incredible. Can't be stopped. Stop me when I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, uh, this was literally the most uh, – and the reason I really saved it for last is not because I love the Capitals. It was literally the last trade that happened, for one. And two, I, I mean, am I wrong in saying it was the biggest trade, like the most surprising, like the biggest, like most talked about trade that happened on Monday? I don't think so. I think, I think it was a good trade. I, I actually kind of like it. So, I've had a couple days to process, and I'll walk you through my last um, 48 hours with this trade. Yeah, how your wrist feeling? When it came, (laughs) when it came across my desk, uh, I saw Capitals trade Jacob Rana and Richard Panic for Anthony Mantha. I said, okay. Cool. I love Jacob Rana, but for whatever reason, Peter Laviolette hates him, hates his guts, wouldn't play him at all. So it's like, all right, if you're not going to play him, then whatever, get a guy in there who's, who's going to fit into your system and actually play. And Anthony Mantha is a very good player. Then I see there's a first rounder and a second round pick attached to it. So I start to panic a little bit, but then I calm myself down and I go on uh, capfriendly.com, shout out, and I look and see that I had forgotten that Jacob Frana is going to be a restricted free agent after this year, and Anthony Mantha just signed for $5.7 million for this year and three years after. Richard Panic is essentially a salary dump. I'm fine with that. They signed him for 2.75, which I didn't really love at the time, but I thought maybe he'll get back to it. But guess what? He stinks. He's a waste of space out there. 
Daniel Sprong and Connor Sheary are much better than him. Connor Sheary is like my favorite player now. Um, anyways, so I sorry, he's not that was mean. I'm sorry, Richard. Come on the podcast, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was mean. I didn't mean that, that was ugly. But that was a salary dump. He was making 2.75. They're looking towards the future on that one, which don't know why you can't make this trade in the offseason. Whatever. doesn't matter. They made it because they saw it. That's fine. So a salary dump there. Okay. You have to give something up for him to, for them to take that, you know, Stevie Y to take that trade. So that's what the second round pick is. All right. Take almost $3 million from us. Here you go. Take this second round pick for your troubles. That's fine. Anthony Mantha for Verona, straight up. You're trading a second rounder so that they'll take Ponick off your roster. Cool. First round pick looks like a lot. But when you're talking about the Capitals, what is that pick going to be? It's going to be between 28 and 32 this year because there's 32 teams now. So it's like, Okay, that second rounder is essentially a third rounder, and that first rounder is essentially a second rounder. See this? See the spin zone? See this web I'm spinning myself into this? Yeah. Um, I still don't love it because, like, you're going to be a team that's – but I even thought about it more. Like, this year's a down year in the draft. You're going to have a low pick. And you really – like, people are like, oh, you're on an aging team, but, like, I mean, realistically, it's not like Ovi is retiring in two years. Like, he's probably got five more years at least. He's only 33, 34. Like, I feel like he'll go another five. Same with Backy, whatever. So, I don't know. But anyways, first-round pick, you're essentially trading that first-round pick for the term on the contract. So, long story long, if Jacob Rana signs for a similar – contract to Anthony Mantha I like this trait if he signs for like three million dollars I don't like this trade so much because you could have essentially kept all that and had the same and also it will be based on play as well Anthony Mantha played great last night Rana I don't think has played yet for Detroit he's going to be good um, he's going to play all the time there because they stink. So he wasn't playing in the Capitals. So at the end of the day, it happened. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not like Anthony Mantha is a bad player. It's not like we traded Philip Forsberg for goddamn Martin Erat. Thank God. So anyways, I think this one's going to take a while to pan out. I wish they didn't give up as much. Like I wish they kept that second rounder or something or kept the first rounder and threw in a third and a full, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a little bit of an overpayment, but like I said, Laviolette for whatever reason, didn't like Rana wasn't playing him. So it's like, if you're not going to play him, get a guy in there of equal or more skill and they're the same age. They're two different players. They're both very good. I don't know if you saw his that wrist shot last night. Rocket. He has a rocket shot. And everybody's like, oh, well, he he looks disengaged at times, blah, 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 like doing nothing. Like, ah, yeah, dude. I would be disengaged too if I was playing for 
the literal bottom of the league Detroit Red Wings for the last five years. Like, yeah, I know. The best thing about Pittsburgh right now is that they have Little Caesars Pizza right there. You mean Detroit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Detroit. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's going to take some time to play out. But, again, I don't think it makes the Capitals any worse this year. If anything, it makes them better this year because they're actually going to use him and play him. And he's a play. He's going to be a playoff type player. I feel because he's massive. Like, dude, just imagine. There's this prospect in the Capitals' uh, pen. I can't think of his name off off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's like a KHL guy or something. Who is like also like six five, two forty, and he plays center. So they were saying like in a couple of years, it could be a very real possibility that just like if Lavi is feeling like a sicko, he can just put Tom Wilson, Anthony Mantha and this other mutant all in a line so that they're all out there six four, two forty plus, like just absolutely bullying people. So anyways, I, like I said, I like Anthony Mantha, so I'm not going to fret about it. I do love Jacob Runa. I thank him for everything he did. And he's a Stanley Cup winner. Shout out. Um, him. You were talking about Alexi yep. Protoss. Yes. Yes. Six foot six, 214 from Mutant. Belarus. Mutant. I love it. But yeah. So, anyways, that was my thoughts on it. I don't know if you have what your thought. I want to hear what your thoughts are on it. You said it was a good trade, but like. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I wasn't the biggest fan of Ron. I wasn't the biggest fan of Ponick, but I've always kind of been interested in the Anthony Mantha story because he was such a, uh, a critical name or a name that was under speculation for so long that he couldn't figure it out. And, um, I think there was some off ice stuff there at a couple points and, I hope that he gets a fair shake. I mean, he deserves a fair shake there. And I hope that he can really shine under, uh, under Lavi's Lavi's roster. Yeah. I mean, he played well last night. Um, he was playing with Backstrom and Oshi, I believe. Yeah. Um, I had a men's league game, so I didn't see all of it, but I believe that's who he was playing with for most of the game. Um, but, yeah, guy has a rocket shot. He's huge. He's very good. Rana is so fast. I'm going to miss that. Him just, like, absolutely embarrassing people because he's so much faster than them, um, which is something I loved. So, um, like I said, I, time will tell. Um, there's something else I wanted to say here, but I can't remember what. So, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, so, last two things I want to talk about. One – um, this is a couple weeks ago now, but we missed out on it. the Tim Peel story. So for anyone that doesn't know by now, Tim Peel referee in the show got picked up on a hot mic, basically saying that he wanted to get Nashville on a penalty early because he had blown a call earlier the other way or something along those lines. Um, and he gets fought essentially he gets fired and will never ref again, but he was retiring after this year anyways, so he basically just got sussied for the rest of the year. But they kind of screwed him because they, like, tarnished his legacy by saying, like, he's banned forever. Like, 
I don't know. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've watched a bunch of his games. Like I don't really, the only referee that I know a lot about is Wes because we met him and I love him. Um, You know, but he was around for a long time. um, So he must've been at least half good at his job. Uh, Bolesky made a a comment on spitting chiclets and was saying that it was completely ridiculous, whatever, and that Tim Peel is one of the best referees that there was. Yeah. So my two things on it are, one, you can't do that. But it's not really your fault. Like, I understand he got picked up on a hot mic saying something like that, so I understand him getting uh, in trouble for it. That's Correct. You have you have to punish a guy because he got caught on a hot mic, basically saying he was going to make up a call. You can't do that. So for me, that's a you get you know you get banned, you get a s- suspended for a month or two or whatever you want it to be. You get suspended for for a little bit of time. You know, little slap on the wrist like. Hey, buddy, watch your mouth. Can't be doing that. Can't be making us look bad. I also get why the NHL did what they did. They're trying to get into gambling. You can't be having referees that are saying they're, you know, kind of rigging the game. They're really not. Because my other thought on it, which is how I feel, is that happens, dude. I was a ref. You do that. Like, if you screw up a call or miss a call, and you know you missed the call because there's a lot going on, on there. Sometimes you see a trip and you just things are going on or whatever, and you just don't call it and whatever. There's a lot happening at once, and I'm refing peewees. This guy's refing the NHL. So I can see making mistakes, and you got to make up for it. Or, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen where things go wrong, you know, Justice was not served evenly, and he takes it under his own thing to call a ticky-tacky penalty, which what he called was a penalty, but it was ticky-tacky. So it's not like he just made up – a like, they were just skating down the ice, and he just blew his whistle and was like, penalty. Like, that's not what happened. It was a ticky-tacky call because he missed a bad call earlier in the game that he obviously saw in the lot when he was re-watching the period or whatever. That happens, man. That's hockey. That's refereeing. You got to do that. You even out the playing field. That's what you're there to do. That's one of the only good things I like about refs is that is when they call a fair and even game or do things like that because they miss the call think, and they, they make up they're for They're thinking it. about it. They're not just fucking you over. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That guy was – did he sound aggravated? Like, oh, I hate the national predators. I'm going to torture them. No. He said, I made a mistake. I am going to correct that mistake yeah. by calling this ticky-tacky penalty. And so you want to know my thing on this? The, like, the one take that I have on this is this would not have ever been a conversation if it wasn't for the COVID crap. Because the COVID crap is what put those mics on the referees in the first place. What do you mean? How so? Why did they? Oh, just because there's no crowd noise. So just they, because there's no crowd noise. The refs, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it wasn't for that, 
this would never have been a, a conversation because I would love for referees to speak out and be like, all right, this is what I've done. Now, they never would. Most yeah. of them never would. But at the same time, how many of those referees, if not all of them, have done the exact same thing? Dude, there needs to be like a, a secret because I do love the mic'd up stuff. Like, I honestly love that clip. It was hilarious. Like, I'm trying to get Nash early because of this, this, and this. Like, that's the stuff I want to hear. But there needs to be, like, a secret platform where you, you, you're you like, yo, are you chill? Or are you going to cry on Twitter anything, so, like, anytime you hear something and, you know, ruin the game? Like, so I like that they do it, but it's almost like I'd rather they just don't do it because I'm tired of people getting, like, canceled just at yeah like dude like the thing what was the thing like morgan riley where he got picked oh, up on yeah. a hot mic and they thought he said um they thought he said like i don't know like a uh something they, racist or something or no, sex. they thought he no, said uh, the word, they thought yes. they thought he said the they thought he said a a, a homo a homo a homophobic yes. slur and it's like it, even it, the it, guy who he, like he was supposedly saying it to was like what dude no he yeah never no said that. It, it, it was just said, people heard the clip and just ran with it he was so shocked because like that's not a term that's even really used at all anymore no. and he was disgusted by the fact that they thought that he said that yeah like the homophobic stuff i was like i remember hearing it and it didn't even sound like it came from his direction Dude, yeah, and it's, like, so this guy just gets, like, literally bullied and, like, probably would have been if, you know, if people hadn't come forward and been, like, no, that's not what he said, he probably would have got cut, like, one of the best defensemen in the league. Like, so, I don't know, dude, it's crazy. It's, like, I want to see the mic'd up stuff, but it's also, like, <laughs> it, it, it's always those one or two people that just take a good thing and ruin it. So, again, like, yeah. I mean – it sucks for Tim Peel because essentially his legacy, whatever legacy he had in the referee thing is, is, you know, I guess it doesn't matter being a referee because all the other referees know you were a good guy and that's really all you care about. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't even say just the referees, the players. Exactly. So it's like the people who actually care about referees will still care about you. Like, honestly, like it's not like five years down the road, I'll even remember his name, but uh, I don't know, dude. So whatever we can move on, but it, it was just, it sucks for him because he was going to retire as, you know, an all-time ref and he just has to go out like that because he got caught on a hot mic saying some stuff that I understand you can't say, but it's part of the game. So whatever. Um, last two things. And then I want to ask you a, a question after. So, or yeah, sorry, last thing. And then I want to ask you a question after. So, um, the Buffalo Sabres, they suck. They're very bad. Jack Eichel is now out for the remainder of the season. They traded Taylor Hall. A couple years ago, you know, they get Darlene, they get this, they get that, and we think they're on the trajectory. I even said that I think they would be a Stanley Cup contender in the next five years, one of my worst takes of all time. That was about three or four years ago now. Oh, poor you. I took them as my choice for last year <laughs> for the cup. <laughs> so they're bad and they can't do anything right 
at all. They get Rosmus Dahlin. I saw him. He's literally like the best young player I've ever seen play, like prior to playing in the NHL. And it just doesn't matter. They still stink. Like they're so bad. They're so poorly managed, so poorly owned. It's crazy. It And they're going to tank now. Well, quote unquote tank it. They don't need any help tanking. They were going to lose anyways by not having Eichel. Are they going to lose Eichel? Probably. Uh, and they're going to get the Rangers. They're going to, they're going to get the number one overall pick again, but it's like, well, <laughs> hopefully not with their luck. They'll probably get like 10, but I, they can't, they, I think they can only get like three is the worst they can do three or four. I think they but, readjusted. I think it is like three. Yeah. So anyways, they're going to get another top. They're going to, probably get the number one overall pick again and it's like does it even matter though because like you keep getting these number one overall talents i mean i would say eichel and literally any other draft would have been the number one player but you're going up against mcdavid so sorry bud um and it's just crazy to me dude like they get all these unbelievable players and they just don't get any better they're getting worse they're getting worse the more good players we think they get, they get worse. But they just do dumb things like Jeff Skinner scores 40 goals for the first time in infinity, and they're just like, here's a billion dollars. Like, maybe do a bridge deal? Like, I don't – so I don't know where they go from here. And that – unless – do you have anything you want to say about them? Yeah, I have, a, I have an idea. They can, they can go um... – Sell the team? No, I think that they should be demoted. <laughs> demoted to the AHL, yes. AHL, yeah. Yep, yep. That, that's Kurt, what they should do yep. this year. They should pick the champion of the AHL and bring them up. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Binghamton Senators is the new Northern New York team. <laughs> I mean, dude. It's just, and I, I really don't think it's going to get any better until they have new ownership because – Nobody wants to go there. Think about the names that were out there for the coaching position when Sabres were like the first to have a vacancy and nobody wanted to go there. And they have Jack Eichel. They just got Rasmus Dahlin. They have all these good players. No one wants to go there. The GM, I can't even name the GM because it changes every five seconds. They fire the coach every 10 minutes. Is it like, Botterill? I don't know. I, who is that? I don't know who that is. Like, who do you have running your team? Nobody, because nobody wants to work for your owner because you go there to die. That's what, like, am I wrong, dude? Like, this was Ralph Kruger's, like, last shot at coming back, probably, as a head coach. And he just went there and did, what, a season and a half, and he's done. He's cooked. I'd be surprised to see him ever be a head coach again. And And it's not even his fault, I am wrong. Botterill is now the assistant GM of the Seattle Kraken. Good for him. See that? He was GM. He's like, I don't even want to be GM anymore. I'll be assistant to not be here anymore. He oh, got fired, but. Ryer, they got their GM was the. The rink manager, right? Yeah. He, he, yeah, he was the youth supervisor. This of the- guy. Clean the ice. He was the Zamboni driver. And they're like, hey, bud, 
You want to be the GM? Because nobody wants to work for us. Uh, the, the GM was the assistant coach on the youth, the 13U AAA Buffalo Junior Sabres this year. All this right. year. Sabres, here's what you do. You just hire me and Bryce. We'll do it. We'll do it. 100 grand each a year. That's it. We'll do it cheap on the cheap. And we'll fix the team. We'll do it. It's easy. It's just easy. You know what the solution is? Just leave us alone. Just let us do what we want and we'll fix it. And guess what? Can't be any worse than it is now. And we're going to sign ourselves. We're going to play on the fourth line. I'm going to be on the sixth line. Yep. Yep. Because I'm definitely going to blow something. But I, Jesus, this. (laughs) It's bad, man. It's bad. And that was going to lead me into my next thing in saying that. I'm sorry, Michael Keeley. Yes. (laughs) Prayers up for Keels. Everybody tweet at mkeels21 and say, sorry, buddy. We love you. (laughs) Um, Because I know Riley does it. (laughs) uh, Anyways, to wrap this up, I wanted to ask a question. So thinking back now, like it's been a long time now, pretty much since the days of like Kane, Crosby, all them, like, the first overall pick, like, doesn't really guarantee you're going to turn things around anymore. It used to mean a whole lot to have that first pick, and it still does. Like, you still obviously get a great player. But think about the last, I don't know, 10, like, here, let me pull them up. The last, like, 10 NHL first overall picks. And think about the teams that have won cups in the past five, six, ten years, whatever. It's not really McKinnon. Is McKinnon, Matthews, and McDavid are, you know, the closest, I guess, but that's right Stam- now. Stamkos. Stamkos, but, I mean, yeah. sorry to yeah. Stammer. He's a great player, but, dude, he didn't even really do anything on their team. He wasn't even really playing. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like Kucherov's their guy. Like I'm saying, we, like right now, the closest thing was Connor McDavid getting the Western Conference final, and he didn't even get it. Like he didn't get it done. Um, and it's to new, no fault of his own. Same as same as uh, like Eichel. Uh, same as Matthews. As of now, like these guys just don't have anyone really around. Well, Matthews does now. McKinnon does now. Still McDavid doesn't, and he's just yanking them up there. But it's like, it's crazy, man. Like, I don't know. And and I think that hockey is one of the harder teams to really get that, where your first overall pick really, like, solidifies that you're going to be a better team. Like, NBA, if you have the first overall pick, like, you know, obviously there's down drafts, but think about, like, picking LeBron or uh, I don't even know, dude, I'm not a, not a basketball guy. Uh, Anthony Davis, like any of those guys, like they change your whole team, like your whole outlook, whatever. It's like just weird, dude, that it just, 
it seems like the number one overall pick is becoming like it's still valuable, but not as valuable as it used to be. Like a lot of these guys are going later in the first round or who are like better. And I don't know, is this something I kind of like noticed thinking about the other day? Really a lot of them. Like since, since Ovi, Ovi Crosby, Eric Johnson, nothing really. Patty Kane. Yep. So there's three Stamkos four. Tavares, Hall, Hawkins, Yakupov, McKinnon, Ekblad, McDavid, Matthews, Heischer, Dahlien, Hughes, Lafreniere. Zero. Yeah, the best one that you just said was Yakupov. And it took <laughs> exactly. And it took Ovi so long. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just it's just something I noticed the other day that it's it's just crazy how and it kind of rolls back into the Sabres where it's like you're going to get the number one pick again, but dude, you're still going to be bad because it, it, it's not, it's not the flex seal guy slapping it on the fit. Like it's not going to fix all your problems. And a lot of these teams treat it like it is like, all right, dude, we got the Oilers did it for seven years in a row. I was they just picked first that. overall and they stunk every single year. And now they have the closest thing to the flex seal guy slapping it on with Connor McDavid. But it's like, Dude, you have to build a solid up-and-down roster. It's about those middle six guys, those, you know, bottom 4D, the goaltending, those things that these teams are just like, well, you have the first-round pick every year, so we're going to be good. And it's like, no, dude, you have to be better. You have to be better. You have to look at ownership, who is running your team. It's The Devils have Jack Hughes and uh, Nico Heischer in the last four years, and they stink. So – no, I know. I don't know. Man. Well, I mean, <clears throat> the Devils are in a similar situation to the way that Edmonton was for a while. I mean, Edmonton had better quality players, but like you see those first overall picks and it's like, oh my, like both of those drafts, the 2017 draft and the 2019 draft were not something to be bragging about at all. I know, but. Still, it's like no, I know. It's just I know what you're saying. I I really believe that just having being able to sustain is what makes you better. So, like the Blackhawks, for example, they're not getting the number one pick, but they're getting a decently high pick, and they're putting them with guys like Kane and Taze, and you're helping develop these guys because they're doing it with guys who have done it. The Oilers are not doing that. The Sabres are not doing that. The Devils are not doing, like, these teams aren't doing it because they just, like, young, get young, 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 whatever. And we've seen it with the Maple Leafs, and now they've finally realized, like, no, we need to actually, like, build a full team. And yeah. it's working so far. Will it work in the playoffs? We don't know. But I don't know. It's just – it's you see those guys going – nine like in the 10 to 20 area or whatever five to 15 area that are high skill guys going to like better teams and just developing better rather than going to these awful teams and just wasting away to nothing yeah so yeah i don't know just something i was thinking about earlier today but uh anyways we've gone a long one but uh 
you guys deserve it. You waited a while. So appreciate everyone for listening. Appreciate everyone that listened to that Phil Pritchard interview. That was awesome. Um, we're and we will have him back on. Definitely going to have him back on. Uh, believe we have a guest next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Working on that one, but it okay. looks like it. Yeah. First rounder. First rounder. Yes. Quick, yes. <laughs> quick tease there. First rounder. Uh, NHL first rounder. Um, was he a first rounder twice? No, no he was a fifth rounder on the second round. Okay. Okay. The second time around. <laughs> but first rounder. Great guy. So if we don't get him next week, we'll get him eventually. Awesome guy to talk to. I've talked to him before. Um, if you've seen some some videos I've done before, but great guy. He'll be great to have on the podcast. So can't wait to have him on. Um, anyways, as always, follow at the recap under uh, recap pod underscore on Twitter. And now tweet us, whatever. Uh, Thank you guys again for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, Bryce, unless you got anything else, we're going to sign off here. Yeah, sounds good. We'll uh, we'll talk (laughs) next week. Great sign off, bud. Talk to you next week. (laughs)